What is up, everybody? Welcome to Lucky Week 13. This is the DFS MVP podcast. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. As always, with my trusty co-host, John Daigle, we made it out of Thanksgiving week. We're at the home stretch. How you doing? Exciting week on Thanksgiving. Uh, not as much success, even though if you told me the Ravens averaged over six yards for play and reached the red zone on six possessions, I would have stacked the Ravens anyhow. Uh, I yeah, can't help man. it. They can't score touchdowns. That was unfortunate. What's going on? What's going on with them? Honestly, though, it was fun because it was a good overarching takeaway week and that the chalk contrarian stack won. Um, getting off Ken Walker, instead Geno double stacks, which then also allowed you to flex a wide receiver rather than flex a cheap running back like everyone else. And then, of course, in doing that, you had the salary to pay up for ceiling running backs when Jacob scores 15.5 points, for example, as opposed to playing the Jeff Wilson and Rashad Whites of the world. Those two players weren't even in winning lineups on DraftKings. So, yeah, it was just honestly, I looked at that winning lineup with, also with Garrett Wilson, 4,900 truck. And I just thought that's a sound tournament lineup. Like that, it looked perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned the, um, the wide receiver and the flex thing, because like ownership projections, especially on, on DraftKings, have been, um, it, they, they've been pretty fluky. It's been one of the hardest years, maybe the hardest year ever to project ownership. But one thing that I have been able to, or we've been able to like narrow down pretty good for on a week to week basis is how I think the field is going to use the flex position specifically on DraftKings. Like everybody plays running back on, on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, it, it, it varies by week depending on the values. And um, I, I said last, last week that it was going to be a really running back heavy flex week. And it turned out being that way. Uh, so even if we, you know, aren't projecting, players perfectly which we never will uh thinking about those things and thinking about those um more macro ideas and and other areas to gain leverage on the field or to gain an edge i think those things are really important so i'm glad you said that i'm looking forward to this week because right now even in reading your tournament article at 44.com you and i are in completely different plays and i think that's the analogy of the slate because I came away even writing sure. my tournament player pull up thinking I want to play everyone. I, I like yeah. so many plays. There are so many different ways to go about it and spinning up for an elite quarterback or paying down, uh, given that everyone's also going to pay down for the same quarterback. I think we have some leverage there, but yeah, I, I like this slate a whole lot. Yeah. I, this is a fun slate. I, I struggle on these slates where we have three games that uh, have, have totals of, uh, 50 or more. Um, none of them have huge spreads. So, so there's a lot of shootout potential in three games. Two of them are late. So we have to be super cognizant of late swap this week. Um, so it's, uh, it's a really, really challenging week. And that kind of gets us to our decision point that we do every week to talk about like what swings the slate for us. What, what one major thing are you uh, focusing in on? So um, is it anything about those big games or is it something else that, that you're thinking about this week? I know that, Detroit Jacksonville will naturally soak up uh, roster shit, people playing those individual yeah. players, especially since they're so cheap. But I want to ask you, how much do you think people are waiting on Raiders Chargers and Chiefs Bengals the afternoon late swap? Because honestly, not to the same extent, but this week does remind me a little bit of Tua Doubles winning week. Not in that Tua Doubles will get us there. That's a, that's a whole nother thing. Um, but that, remember... That Dolphins-Ravens game earlier in the first month of the season, 
the it was optimal to play that game in the noon in the 1 p.m. slate, I should say, because right. everyone was waiting for the high point totals in the afternoon. And so what the winning tournament lineups did, because remember, like this is why we, you do the review article. I do the review show every Sunday night at halftime, just to like just as a, a photo- photographic memory moment to remind myself like, oh, like this happened. So I need to make sure I remember this. And what I remember the most is that winning tournament lineups played the entire 1 p.m. slate knowing yeah. the field was waiting for the afternoon. So if everyone's sitting here waiting for Josh Jacobs leverage, Justin Herbert doubles for any of the Chiefs Bengals game, uh, Joe Mixon news in particular, like maybe we should just load up on the first round of games. Uh, thinking yeah. that we're going to get some elite plays at low ownership, just logically. Yeah, I, I think that, like you said, Detroit and Jacksonville is going to get a lot of ownership on mm-hmm. both sides, um, especially the main pass catchers in that game. Um, I, I think it's a really good week because of those late games, because of Chiefs Bengals and because of Raiders Chargers, which I don't think is going to get like a ton of ownership. Kelsey will get owned on FanDuel. Uh, Devontae will get owned on FanDuel. Uh, Jacobs and Eckler will get ownership just because they're in really good spots. Um, Chiefs are expensive, so it's always hard to get them, but like I, I, people will play them. People will play the Bengals. But my point is, I, I think, as I think through the week, I think it's a good week if that if you want to have contrarian stacks early or onslaught the Lions game early instead of like having these super heavy stacks, which is going to be hard to do again because these these late games, the guys in, that we want are expensive. It does, we don't have to have like five of them late, right? If we have two of them late, um, it still gives us a lot of late swap flexibility. So we will have information if we stack early to understand what we want to do with those later guys. If we want to swap off of a, a chalkiest Jacobs or, or, or a chalky Kelsey, we definitely will have that opportunity. So I, I think... Um, I don't think a ton of, I think a fair amount of stacks will be waiting for that game, but I I think that Lions Jaguars game is going to get a lot of the action. Okay. Because I initially came into the week thinking everyone's waiting on chiefs Bengals and thus I should be, there'll be a lot of ownership on earlier that and oh for sure, because even the cute cheap plays like sky Moore is going to get there naturally just by being attached to Patrick Mahomes. And so that's what I keep coming back to. Like maybe I should just go ahead and play all the games before that. I like a lot of games in the more in the morning, that first slate as well. So I don't know. We'll we'll think about it a lot as we talk about on the show, but Again, that's just another caveat to this to this wild slate. Yeah, I think that it, it ties a lot into what my big decision point is. And in cash games, we're kind of waiting on a, on a couple injuries to figure out like where our value is going to be. So um, we're not exactly sure where the if there is going to be cheap value or or where that's going to come from. So we'll wait through the weekend with injuries. But as far as lineup construction goes, especially in tournaments, my big thing is going to be: Do I want to like play some of these contrarian stacks early? Um, or do I want to pick one of these games, Chiefs, Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Lions, Jaguars, and just completely onslaught it? This like the the Lions spot feels a lot like their week four game against Seattle where they went off for 96 points or whatever. And I think the winning lineup had six players on DK had six players from that game on Fandle, five players from that game um in their big tournaments in the in the millionaire and the Sunday million. Do we want to pick one of those games and just onslaught it and hope we get that game right? Or if we skinny stack contrarian or skinny stack even one of these games or, or, or lightly stack it, it kind of puts us in a tough spot because if you don't pick a game to go off out of those three, you're kind of most likely you're putting yourself in a situation where you need to be perfect in picking who goes off in these games, right? If you like skinny a 
Chiefs, like a, a, a Mahomes, Kelsey, you need to nail who goes off between Jacobs and Eckler. You need to nail who the cheap wide receiver is that goes off in, in, in Jacksonville or Detroit. Whereas if it's just onslaught and that game just completely smashes and you lap the field, it kind of gives you, um, it, it's kind of an easier way to get ahead of the field, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and right now we are projecting, and I'm pretty sure it's it's correct, at least right now on Friday night, that Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow will probably be the two highest roster quarterbacks, which yeah. kind of naturally tells you that spinning up at quarterback as well. Like even if you want to onslaught, you can onslaught it with Patrick Mahomes and you yeah. will probably be somewhat unique, not, not crazy unique, but yeah. somewhat unique. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at right now. I, I know where the field is going. So it's just a matter of how I want to pivot from that, even believing Trevor Lawrence is a good play. So yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. Again, there's just a lot to think about here. There's a lot to think about, and there's a lot of work to do between now and Sunday morning on you, ownership. So, so do you I, think I, I though that yeah, uh, do you think that ownership flattens out though, since there are so many good plays? I, right now, I have ownership really flat. That's yeah. what, that's what I'm thinking uh-huh. for skill players for the most part. Like maybe yeah, we maybe so we too. get a couple twenty percent players. I genuinely especially because even the cheap running backs fell through the crack. Like I'll talk about one. I have, I have confidence in one, but the field won't have confidence in one. We also lost Jalen Warren here with Najee Harris scheduled to play. Not that yeah, Warren's yeah. a bad play, but like he was going to be chalk. So it kind of, I honestly just think everyone's going to be everywhere except for the quarterbacks, which definitely then makes me want to get contrarian at that position in particular. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's gonna be a tough. There's a lot to think figure, about to figure that out, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely gonna keep working through that as we get through the weekend, as we get to the um, Discord on Sunday morning. But we do know um, what our value plays are and what we like. But before we get into that, the thing we've been doing every week is building our underdog card. Um, we're running cold, but we are, we're destined to get hot on this underdog card so every every day we pick um, a few plays, uh, go through um, the projections and hopefully hit on these so uh let's get that pulled up and um, i have a couple that i like but if you um want me to fire at something just holler it out and i'll look it up well we can start with the first two we have because apparently we are so cold that the other move the line boys jumped in and i'm uh, riding coattails this week they're they're helping us out connor I, allen and ryan, ryan noonan gave a couple bets for us so i say we just go straight to those two props to start yeah, we went to their articles, and those dudes have been absolutely crushing. So why why fix uh, what isn't broken? Um, one one spot that Connor really likes is Saquon under seventy one and a half um, rushing yards. They uh, we have him projected for a sixty some odd yards. I don't have the projection up, but he only has sixty one carries on twenty six tw- uh, sixty one yards on twenty six total carries over the last two games. He's been giving up a couple touches to um, Gary Brightwell last week. I mean, they were on a short week, but um, it, it's it. It's definitely concerning uh, when you have your workhorse running back giving up, uh, you know, six to eight touches to another running back. Uh, so Giants um, in a, a spot against a Washington defense. It's been decent. Um, I, I think Saquon under. Do you like that call? I do. And to be fair, I think we're riding each other's coattails here because I was trying to talk Connor Allen onto this one. Um, nice. I noted and moved the line. Also, I think it became a short on our YouTube page because the the social media team, as well as producer Sal, love chopping my clips up as if they're take machine. <laughs> but really, I just have passion about about my analysis, so it just sounds like they're hot takes. But Sa- Saquon Barkley, uh, genuinely, the juices run out. 
uh, 3.7 yards per touch the last month. And that's not shocking. Like, remember, he basically didn't play football for two years, and now he's literally 10 touches away from a career high in touches that he set in his rookie year. And so you could just you could just see that the explosiveness is gone. He's also like a much lower rate of 10-yard runs compared to what he was doing the first two months of the year. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm under on Saquon Barkley this week as well. Uh, do you have one you want, or do you want to go to the second one that I have on the list here? Let's go to the second one, and I love this one. Yeah, uh, Kittle over 45 and a half for Steven Yards. Um, I actually wrote up Kittle in my GPP article, but Noonan, this was his main play in his props article this week. Uh, Niners are, are most likely going to be without Debo. Um, th- this game, I, I think this game has a really wide range of outcomes. Um, I'll talk about this one uh, later in the podcast, but I do think there is some shootout potential here if the Dolphins could get going. Uh, Kittle, uh, 45 and a half receiving yard. Uh, uh, line is up and it's I'm, I'm happy that line is up because a lot of times we get these lines come down when um they're we're waiting on injury news so um hopefully i didn't jinx myself by saying that yeah that line is still up so um I, I like the over there for him we saw jimmy g throw 37 times last week which is really surprising uh miami 29th and schedule just points allowed to tight ends remember his prop was 30 and a half i believe he threw 30 times in the first half alone yeah, in yeah. That game. we, t- we took um, the under on that one so we're trying to get right on the diners ve- vegas is going to be really right or really wrong here uh no right tackle austin jackson for the dolphins no it looks like teron armstead is at least doubtful even though they're not ruling him out and they've they've run 100 snaps with armstead off the field this year passing snaps and they've been pressured miami's quarterbacks on 50 and a half percent of those dropbacks i'm really worried about the dolphins offense but also there, there are going to be some people who play two of doubles naturally, uh, despite sure. the 46 and a half point total. And if they win tournaments, it wouldn't shock me either. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's all over the board for that game. If it also came out at the 38 points, wouldn't shock me whatsoever, honestly. Um, do we alligator arm this thing and go with a, a, a two-team parlay, try I, to get off the schneid, no, or do do we, do we keep keep the gamble? Let's what is there. dead may never die. So oh, let's look at Josh Jacobs receiving yards. Fresh off his second highest total of the week. Uh, we also got Ooh, yeah. some some pretty big news. Oh, yeah, we're due hitting that. It's 25 and a half on underdog, and we have him projected for 41 and a half. So I we like got some that. pretty big news that Corey Lindsley, starting center for the Chargers, is out. And um, Justin Herbert, actually, with Lindsley off the field this year, leads the league in, in pressure on dropbacks within two and a half seconds. So like he gets pressured at the quickest time from snap to throw with Lindsley off the field, Max Crosby coming in hard at him. I I think it really sets up well here, honestly, for, for a Raiders win when they need it most. So that's why I, I, we were talking behind the scenes. I do lean like Raiders defense as a cheapy little play here. And I do like Josh Jacobs second highest target share also of the season last week for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and I mean, if you lean into that narrative, that is a really, really good way. Uh, if we're turning this into a DF, DFS angle, if if you build around a Raiders blowout or a Raiders big win, um, that that will be really contrarian because that game has a really high total, and the Chargers are favored in that game. So I, I, I like that call there. Um, all right, we'll hit this twenty five dollars to one one fifty. We're gonna get back on the right side of this thing. Uh, as always, we will post this card on our Twitter. If you're listening and not watching. Hopefully all of these lines are still up when you listen to this. Um, if you haven't signed up for 4 for 4 yet, make sure you go to 444.com slash underdog. Use your promo code 4 for 4 when you sign up to a new underdog account. That will get you a free DFS subscription plus a 100% deposit match up to $100. And if you already have 
an underdog account. The DFS price is down to $24 for the rest of the year. We go through Super Bowl. Uh, so make sure you get on that. All right, let's get to what everybody is here for the DFS picks of the week. Um, this is a as we mentioned, a really fun week and a lot of options to go with at quarterback. And we're kicking it off with one that um, is probably my favorite contrarian play of the week. And no one is going to get to Jalen Hurts, no matter how much I talk about him. And I can't even tell you he's going to be my highest roster quarterback, but I know I'll be sprinkling him in. One, no one's going to get there because they're going to like Patrick Mahomes with their spending up. So we already have an edge there. Second, they are going to look at the Titans' run defense and think, okay, well, the Titans have allowed anyone to rush for more than 66 yards since week two. That was Josh Jacobs as well, like the, the best running back in the league this year. Uh, whereas the Eagles, of course, ran for 363, an absurd amount, against the Packers last week. But at the same time, like that means Hurts is sealing through the air to match Patrick Mahomes, 300 yards, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. is wide open here. And Tennessee leads the league. They've only blitzed 26 times all season. They lead the league in rate of four-man pass rushes, three or four guys sending. That's how they get pressure on quarterbacks. And Jalen Hurts has actually completed 70% of his passes, the second most yards per attempt in the league, 8.6, against four-man rushes this year. So I think it's a tremendous spot. Also, quietly, since Ryan Tannehill returned from injury, and maybe it's tied into this ominous Derrick Henry, one touchdown the past three games, running poorly performance, but... Titans are calling the ninth highest pass play rate and neutral game script in the league since Tannehill returned from injury. He has 34 pass attempts, at least in two of his last three games. So I think we're going to get some juice here. I am ominously concerned that the Eagles team total is dipping a little bit. So it's something I'm going to watch, but at the same time, no one's going to get to Hertz here and double stacks make so much sense. And we got Arthur one revenge narrative. Of course. That's why. And it also, it's a little contrarian add-on because people will get to A.J. Brown. They will not get the Hurts with him, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it, it it leans right into what we talked about at the top of the show that uh, you can, like, yeah, you can play a, a Philadelphia double early. You're going to be contrarian. It's going to give you a lot of information for the late slate. You can still slip in some Jaguars or Lions players in that lineup. Hope they hit. And then uh, should should still have some late slot flexibility there with uh, those kinds of builds. Um, speaking of that Lions and Jaguars game, our best DraftKings value on the slate at 4 for 4 Top three value on FanDuel is Trevor Lawrence. He will definitely be my cash game quarterback on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I might try to get up to Mahomes if we get some running back value open up with injuries, but uh, that's TBD. But I, I don't see myself getting off of a sub 6K Trevor Lawrence, 5,900 DraftKings, 7,500 FanDuel. That game in the friendly dome at uh, Detroit, the spread is only one point there. The total is 51 and a half. Uh, Lions games are averaging a league high 54.8 total points. Lions have only been favored in two other games besides this one. In those two games, I briefly mentioned that Seattle and Detroit game back in week four, in the two games that they've been favored, averaged 78 total points. Um, so basically, the only way they're going to be favored is if they're playing a really bad defense. And the Jaguars have been a really bad defense, especially uh, against the past. Um, uh, so we should have a lot of shootout potential here. But then uh, on the Trevor Lawrence side, Jaguars have been throwing at the 11th highest passing rate over expectation uh, over the last six weeks. Detroit bottom six and schedule just fantasy points to quarterbacks to tight ends to wide receivers. That includes a dead last ranking against quarterbacks. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, he'll be owned. Um, but I mean, there's so many good quarterbacks like no, no quarterback. I don't think anyone's going to get over 15%. Uh, 
Um, his receivers are more of the concern, uh, but there's ways to get unique around Trevor Lawrence if you want to play him. I am projecting he'll be the highest roster quarterback on Sunday on DraftKings at least, but it's as you said, I think it's going to be 12, 13%. He won't go over 15%. Yeah, I, I don't think any quarterbacks can get um, higher than that uh, this week. Um, moving on to running backs, another – I think this play will still end up being contrarian. It's a cheap pay-down option, but it's not like a smash play. Um, so I think this is actually a really good – and it's leverage off of one of my later guys. I have a lot more confidence in Zahneman Knight, especially on DraftKings, than other people. Not only earned three targets – on just eight routes in a game where Michael Carter got injured, but had 10 routes before he got injured. Uh, Robert Sala came out and mentioned that it's going to be running back committee, but I'm not buying it. The, they they liked Knight to James Robinson so much that they just held these scraps James Robinson. You can't bring him yeah. back and tell me he's going to out touches on him tonight. Maybe he will, sure. but it's also not the kind of touches we want anyhow. Also, whenever Michael Carter got injured, Zonovan Knight then in the second half out touched Ty Johnson 12 to 5. And so if we're expecting even more routes, even more touches for Knight in this game, it's the perfect spot because not only can you treat him as cheap contrarian on DraftKings, in particular, where we are wanting these targets off of Garrett Wilson, since yes, Garrett Wilson led the team in targets, but also the Jets running backs collectively combined for 25% target share, the second highest on that team if you couple them all together. But you can play Zonovan Knight quietly with Mike White and Garrett Wilson and double stack yeah. if you choose to do so. And if you do that, that naturally lets you get to Justin Jefferson as the highest ceiling wide receiver on this slate who no one's going to play. And so that's why I just keep coming back to, especially large field tournaments. It's kind of a build I do want to want to be overweight on um, because the Vikings also sixth most receiving yards allowed to opposing running backs and also 30th in yards per target to enemy running backs. So if Mike White only throws to Garrett Wilson and uh, Zonovan Knight, like why aren't we playing it in a game we think they can blow up? Like this could be a 50 plus point game despite Vegas having it at 44 and a half. Yeah, you 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 pretty much answered my question. I was going to say early in the week, I, I thought the sneaky blow-up game was going to be Philly and Tennessee, and the more I looked at it, I just liked the Philly side um, more so than a, a blow-up game. I think this is the sneaky blow-up game um, oh, yeah. because of everything you just mentioned. Like We know the Vikings have uh, been getting absolutely torched in their secondary, and we've seen um, – like Patriots defense hasn't been the, the Patriots defense of old, but there's still not there's still no slouches, and we saw how um, – you know, and uh, – uh, an average um, offense can can push a Vikings game uh, to a really high total. We saw that on Thanksgiving night, and I think it's another situation here. Um, you know, Dude, the, does, uh, to, to your point, sorry to cut you off, but um, the Vikings defense is average, not allowed total, averaged eight passing plays of 15 plus yards in their last three games. Like that is ridiculous so yeah that's, yeah like, michael I, I should save for the discord stop talking <laughs> yeah it's a good it's a it's a really really good spot um my running back i think is probably going to be again if we don't get like a samaji p run value or something like that i think david montgomery will be the pay down option in cash games seven thousand dollars fandle sixty two hundred dollars uh on uh DraftKings. First Green Bay, they are four-point underdogs, which isn't um, great for us, uh, or they were four-point underdogs. I don't know if did that move since we got Justin Fields' uh, news. Um, yeah, it's still it's down to three and a half. So, yeah, it didn't move not much. But uh, I, I would assume that uh, we all think that the Bears have a chance at a better game script with Justin Fields active. Um, 
without Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery is averaging 18 touches, 100 plus total yards in those two games. The, uh, uh, exciting thing about that average is 44 of those yards per game are coming through the air. Uh, Green Bay's 26 in schedule adjusted points allowed to running backs. They've allowed four 100-yard rushers this year. They've allowed three running backs to go over 20 half PPR points in the last three weeks. Teams running at the ninth highest rate over expectation over the last month against the Packers. And um, obviously, Justin Fields does uh, have touchdown sniping ability but he also just increases the overall uh, ceiling of the offense. So the better they're moving the ball, the more touch and opportunity they'll be there. So sure. Maybe he'll still touch on from Montgomery, but also without him, David Montgomery might not even have those opportunities in the first place. I honestly think that you should not be worried about Montgomery's ownership either, because there's, there's so many running backs in his range. Um, I think he's a good play, but I mean, you tack on Jamal Williams, who will probably be higher rostered given the game script. Uh, you know, I also like Damian Pierce, and you could just go down the list of other players I like in that range as well. So, no, I, I don't think Montgomery will catch too much ownership here. And as you mentioned, it's a good spot, especially coming off a game where Darrington Evans had 10 touches to Montgomery 17, but those 10 touches were in, were in blowout game script. So, like, we're not worried about Evanton's like shooting in and creating a timeshare here at all. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's uh, it's a really uh, good spot for David Montgomery, and I mean. Uh, I'm not I'm not the uh, you know sharpest sports betting guy, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out a little uh, Chicago money line bet on this one. Mm, look at you getting in the streets. I'll see you Friday uh, morning. If uh, if if Mixon is somehow active and we don't get the Samaj P Ryan value, um, and Gibbs Antonio Gibson is out, are we auto clicking Brian Robinson at 6600 Vandal 5300 DraftKings in a tough matchup? I don't think so, because if you want to get back to the sports betting side, I, I kind of think if it's a sneaky spot for the Giants here, uh, given how poor Taylor Heineke has played, I, I don't think also the game script will be there. So uh, I, I can see, a la Michael Carter, you know, a couple weeks ago, a la Kenyon Drake as well. We we both fell for that trap, unfortunately. I can see <laughs> yeah. when people paint that narrative, especially early Sunday yeah. morning, because everyone likes to react to that late news, especially the biggest one. Uh, I can yeah. see myself definitely avoiding it instead, thinking it's a landmine. That's actually one of the, the the biggest shifts I've seen in the DFS community this year is historically people have been horrible at adjusting to late news. And there's been overcorrection, overreaction. Um, late news players have just been blowing up this year. Uh, so, yeah, if, if that does happen, then... Um, I'll probably uh, boost up Brian Robinson's ownership projection a lot and hopefully not be wrong on it. But I do hope we get, well, I don't know if I'm hoping we get Mixon and Jacobs news earlier if I wanted to take it to the afternoon because P, I'm, P. Ryan handled 88% of the team's backfield touches last week. Like He wasn't every down back. If we get that against the Chiefs and it's late if, news, goodness yeah. gracious. If we get a true game-time decision you gotta save on it. Mixon, it's going to be the best leverage play of the week. You got you to save the spot. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Um, I talked about Trevor Lawrence. You like one of his pass catchers this week. And one of my big calls this week will be Christian Kirk over Zay Jones. Zay Jones, of course, performing better the past two games, has soaked up 31.4% of the team's targets in that time. But we saw a couple weeks ago, Wondell Robinson spike. 10 catches over 100 yards against the Lions from the slot. We saw on Thanksgiving, Isaiah McKenzie come out of nowhere for over 100 yards from the slot. It's Christian Kirk's time now to shine over Zay Jones. Um, Lions now permitting over 10 yards per target and yards per snap to the slot receivers in particular. So given the disparity 
and the margin of difference in their salaries, paying up for Christian Kirk will be the more optimal path, in my opinion, this week. That that's going to be a um, potential slate swinging decision, uh, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. If you aren't doubling them, if you're playing this game in tournaments, both guys uh, uh, pretty low in salary, both very close in ownership projections on both sides, and both with almost identical target shares over the past month. Um, so if you're flipping a coin and you make the right call on this one, it's going to be a very, very important decision this week. Um, in that same game, the chalk that I'm most likely to eat this week, especially in tournaments is Amon Ross St. Brown, $8,000 FanDuel, 7,100 DraftKings. We've already talked about uh, the potential scoring in that game, but the volume for Amon Ra has been sensational. Second target share over the last month behind only Devontae Adams. He has 29% uh, of targets in each of his last four games. Team are throwing at the uh, the ninth highest rate over expectation, as I mentioned, against the Jaguars. They're 26 in schedule adjusted fantasy points to both quarterbacks and wide receivers. Wide receivers, uh, at four, wide receivers have scored, uh, a wide receiver has scored at least 15 half PPR points in three of the last four games against the Jaguars. I think this uh, we haven't seen like a nuclear Amonra game. Um, yeah, I, I obviously I, we talked about these contrarian spots. I, I think at least one of my main lineups is just going to be a crazy onslaught of this game. And you can the best part about it is is you're not playing Jamal Williams with Jared Goff stacks, right? You're like you're taking that stance in having Trevor Lawrence versus I, I, Jamal Williams. I might have a crazy. I might have a crazy. Get, line oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I might After have we like haven't seen yeah, yeah. Williams have a target in literally a month. Like, please yeah. do. Like, I'm I'm here for the wild takes. Yeah, uh, I I might uh, I might rock out some some that's, crazy stuff on that one. Yeah, that's getting a hair. Yeah, that's definitely a wild one. Yeah, well, we need a millimaker maker one. What are we gonna do? Um, What's wrong I talked to I talked about the Packers game already, but I talked about the Bears side. Talk, talk to me about the Packers side. Well. I think everyone will look and see these six touchdowns from Christian Watson, 22.9 fantasy points in the last three games, and just think, oh, like he's basically due to touchdown regression. This is an outlier number, and of course it is. But then also you could look and say, well, he's led the team in targets in two of these three games, and he has a 26.5% target share in that time compared to Alan Lazard's 20% target share. So like, given the fact that Mike White had a great game, yes, because of the Bears' defense. And like we talked about earlier, he's in a great spot again because of the Vikings' defense. But like the Bears' defense has been historically atrocious since week eight. 34.6 points per game, 7.5 yards per play, and 9.4 yards per attempt. Like historically atrocious. So what better is than to just go back for Christian Watson, who should be a boomer bust 7k wide receiver and he's 5200 on DraftKings. yeah 5200 dk 6500 on fanduel um we haven't projected like at or below 10 percent ownership I, people just aren't going to play packers passing game even with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. people are people are cold you can't get colder than uh people are on the packers right now he's an awesome play yeah uh the uh, alongside amonar st brown as the most popular player on the slate uh, at least on on probably on DraftKings, uh the guy that might be owned more than amonra is garrett wilson but he he is like the cash game locket wide receiver this week uh 6600 fandle 5300 uh on dk you already talked about zonovan knight we already talked about how that game could blow up uh garrett 
Wilson last week with Mike White, eight targets, 29% target share. Minnesota last in schedule, just points allowed to wide receivers. Garrett Wilson will be matched up with a Caleb Evans for a lot of the game. Uh, Evans has allowed 3.1 fantasy points per catchable target in zone coverage, which Minnesota primarily runs. That 3.1 fantasy points per catchable target would be the most overall among all cornerbacks uh, if we looked at all coverage routes. Uh, as you mentioned in your article, Minnesota is allowing a 70% completion rate to perimeter wide receivers, which is where Wilson will dominate most of the game. We have him as a top four value on both sites. He is our number one DraftKings value this week. He will be the highest roster wide receiver in cash games for sure. Yeah, and as we talked about, I mean, if you will save most of it for the Discord, but if you want to get uh, unique around Wilson, you could do it with players in this game. Uh, let's go to another player in this game. If you don't get to Zonovan Knight or Garrett Wilson, you're looking for somewhere to pay down at tight end. I do really think Tyler Conklin is viable. Uh, what they did actually in, in Mike White's first start was run a season high rate of 12 personnel, and that kept Conklin on the field. And now he's run around on 70% of dropbacks in five consecutive games. So he's being used as a receiver in this span now for over a month. And in that time, he's registered at least 10% of the Jets' targets in every game. So Honestly, like, yeah, we, we don't have to say, oh, like he's going to have three targets. He's going to have a 10 and a half target share again. It, it was his first game with White. Maybe he gets more. So the fact he's on the field at receiver and he's so cheap on DraftKings, I'm totally fine paying down here if that's that's where you get. Yeah, I, I think I, I like the Conklin play more than my play. on, on I Fandle, think I like your play, honestly. I went to really? write your play down and then uh, you already had him, yeah. On Fandle, I think I'm just trying to figure out how the hell to get to Kelsey. On on DK, it's always really tough to get to Kelsey. Um, but the it's it's like Kelsey or Punt. Like I guess if you want to pivot to Andrews, but man, I'm I'm pretty nervous about Baltimore. It feels like a, a Kelsey or Punt week. Firemuth isn't like a, a true punt. Fifty nine hundred Fandle, forty three hundred DK. Like that's that's not super cheap, but it is very affordable. Seven plus targets in four of his last uh, five games. Uh, Twenty five point three target share over that. Uh, last month is third among tight ends. The 7.7 average targets in that span is also third among tight ends. Surprisingly, Pittsburgh is 10th in passing rate over expectation over the last six weeks. And that is 26 in schedules, just points allowed to tight ends. I, I guess I just worry about everyone's ceiling in this game. Um, but I think Farmworth is fine as a standalone play. Uh, but but the, the ceiling does make me kind of nervous. I agree the ceiling. I don't know, though. I, I, because it's receiver- just a bad tight end week after Kelsey. Yeah, I do like Fryermuth a lot, though, to your point. Like, um, just the fact leading the team in targets the past couple of games or past three games since they're by. And like now in this span, he has no touchdowns to show for it. So it's, it's going to come. He's going to have a blow up game here. And I just want to make sure I'm ahead of it, especially with this 25% target share in that span. Yeah. And we're, um, we're on, uh, Deontay is team empty volume at this point, right? Oh, those fake ass targets. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let social media, let everyone keep getting on. Tell me tar- his targets matter. They don't matter. Uh, Deontay Johnson, second fewest fantasy points per game for a wide receiver, uh, averaging at least eight targets per game over the last decade. I believe he's what wide receiver 54 in points per game now. Rough scene. Out he's, there. he's a disaster. Yeah. Oh, it's not, uh, I mean, it's not his fault, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what defense do you like this week? I like a lot. Again, I'm trying to get contrarian here. I'm curious who you think will be the highest roster defense, but maybe it's the Seahawks, honestly. But uh, if you want to get contrarian, for all the reasons I mentioned with the Dolphins' offensive line, I think the 49ers are a really sneaky play here. They could just literally dominate this game through their front seven, and no one will get there. 
Uh, also, no one's going to play him, so I'll just give you a cheap option. I think the Texans are live. I, we don't Whoa. know what the hell is going to happen with Deshaun Watson. What we do know is that the Browns are not only allowing a top three explosive rushing rate, and like that's the only way the Texans win this game is through Damian Pierce, but like they're also allowing they're dead last in our schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs tool. So, so like Damian Pierce, Texans defense, it's so volatile that it very well could happen here where the Texans pull this one off. Wow. That's, um, that is a take. Again, I talked sure. about it and no one's going to play it. So it's fine. Yeah. But like, I mean, shoot, Deshaun, Watson, played Deshaun football Watson averaged so 1.4 yards per attempt. This is his first game in 700 days. Yeah. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen, which makes me say like, maybe the Texas defense is live here. Damn, I actually kind of like that call because I do like Damian Pierce, but we'll save that for the Discord. Um, you mentioned the 49ers. I do like them too. Um, I, I do think Miami can struggle in San Francisco. Niners are eighth in adjusted sack rate. Um, I'll just throw out another one. I, I don't know why I didn't think of these guys earlier. There, I think you asked me who um, is, is going to get played the most, and now that I look at it on DraftKings, I think Pittsburgh will get played the most in Atlanta at only 2,600, but I do think people will click the Jets at 2,600 just because they're cheap. And, and um, I'm not sure though, but Pittsburgh at 2,600 will probably be the most popular defense on DK, but I don't think it'll be um, super popular. I think like in that 12-ish percent range. And then they're 4,200 on Fandle. So like that's kind of expensive, but I do think it is a spot where, um, you know, they could have a pretty good game. So I, I think you could fire up Pittsburgh too. And like we talked about last week in the Discord at least, where paying up for the Dolphins was the optimal play. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a week where paying up for the Ravens is optimal. We have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson, like questionable for this game. All have been battling, battling illnesses throughout the week. So like, dude, if, if they show up with Kendall Hinton as, as their wide receiver one, it, it's going to be a mess. Yeah, I was, um, I, I was kind of trying to think through how the hell, like pay up for defense has been working so much this year. Cause on, on, on FanDuel, you can always kind of do some funky stuff with, with high salary defenses on, on DraftKings. It's historically been harder, pretty negative EV to even do it. Not, not only harder, but just negative EV. You just haven't, you just don't see it, uh, uh, succeed much. And, and I think because DraftKings pricing has like been so tight, it's forced us. It, it's been really hard to get to these stud players. One of the reasons pay down defense, has worked in the past is because uh, studs and duds has just smashed on DraftKings in the past. It's so hard to get expensive players in your lineups on DraftKings now that like we just have a lot of these balanced builds. So if you don't need to, if like if you're rolling out balanced builds, then it just makes it easier to pay up for um, for those um, you know 35, 3700 defenses. Whereas in the past, um, you just you had to save every single cent to get up to those studs. And that's just a theory. I have no idea if that is actually why it's going on. Um, but pay up defense for whatever reason, it definitely has been working um, more than it has in the past. I wish I just had it dwindled down more, but right now I'm, I'm wide open. I'm open to a lot of suggestions. I, I'm still tinkering myself. So yeah, by Sunday morning, we'll have this figured out. We'll have it honed down. Yeah. Um, cash lineups are going to uh, weigh heavily on some of this injury news, but um, we're going to keep growing through these um, stacks and games we're targeting through Sunday morning. It's going to be it's going to be a wild week. I, I feel it in my bones and um, lucky number week 13 for us. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the 444 plan yet and you want to get access to that Discord show, it is down to $24 for the rest of the season. That gets you access all the way through Super Bowl. We still got a lot of DFS. I, kn I know redraft leagues are getting to the playoff season soon. 
Um, and for a lot of people, that means the end of their fantasy season. But we got, I mean, we got months left of DFS. So that $24 is an absolute bargain. If you don't want to pay $24, you can go to 444.com slash underdog or use the promo code 444 at underdog when you sign up for a new underdog account. And that will get you a free DFS sub with your first deposit. And underdog will match your deposit 100% up to $100. If you want to continue to support us and continue to help us grow, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Five stars is much appreciated. If you're on the YouTubes, please subscribe to the channel. Please like this video and check us out on Twitter. Daigle's at not J Daigle. 444 is at 444 football. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Good luck in week 13.